it's Imogen from SquarePeg. This is act two of our conversation with Mika Kaufman, the founder and CEO at Fiverr. If you're just joining us and you haven't listened to act one, I really recommend you switch there before listening to this part. We cover a whole range of aspects from Mika's life and what made him who he is. If you're moving on from act one, welcome back. You'll remember that we left Mika just as he designed the initial launch strategy of Fiverr. So at the beginning, it was just a $5 mark base for digital services. And this seemed too bizarre for people. And people thought, you know, what would people be willing to do for five bucks? Turns out, millions of things. Our conversation in this episode gets right back into the guts of the Fiverr strategy and how to build marketplaces that are successful. And we start with the fundamental difference between Fiverr and their early competitors, Because while seemingly everyone else was approaching the problem of finding and hiring freelancers as a labor market problem, Mika saw the solution as being far more closely aligned to an e-commerce solution. I'll let him explain. We went live at the beginning of 2010, which coincidentally was the year when millennials started to get into the workplace. And what really defined this generation is that they thought differently about work and about work-life balance and about freedom of choice and about replacing their position every year or two. And freelancing was getting it a tremendous boost. So this was definitely well-timed. And I think that the, the most significant thing that we got right was the business model. Our unique approach, what sets Fiverr apart from any other company in the space. And that is that we approached this challenge and we wanted to solve it by creating an e-commerce platform rather than being a labor market. So if there's one thing that Fiverr is not, it is not a staffing company, right? So essentially the way we think about what we're doing is as a pure e-commerce play. Now, this is pretty hard to achieve because when you think about e-commerce, Everything around e-commerce is well standardized. When you think about a phone, a specific Apple device on Amazon or eBay, it's the same device. It has the same characteristics. It's well-defined. It has a standard. But when you try and standardize services, you learn that this is pretty sophisticated because there's so many nuances and it's very subjective. But this is what we wanted to create because we wanted to make the experience of buying a digital service as easy as buying something on an e-commerce site. You browse through a catalog or you do a search, you find something, you click order and you're done. This was how we took all of the friction and inefficiency that I described and turned it into a one-click experience. And what we needed to do is we needed to create this SKU-like system for digital services, which was pretty hard to do. But I'm very happy that we've done it because this is the reason why Fiverr was, was able to succeed because it, it made that, essentially I said that the average time that it takes to find and hire a freelancer is 30 days. The average time that it takes a visitor on Fiverr.com to take their credit card and place an order, average time, 15 minutes. 30 days, 15 minutes. In essence, it captures all of the reduction of friction and inefficiency that we've done So this is definitely something that we got correct, but we had to prove it and we spend years proving it. So transitioning the mindset from labor to e-commerce, 
force them to focus on the human side of the experience, making the transaction as simple and effective for sellers as well as buyers. In the process of building a company with the scale and success of Fiverr, Mika developed a really deep understanding of marketplace dynamics. You create a a two-sided marketplace and you have supply and demand. There's always this chicken and egg question. Where, Where do you start? And my answer is, with very few exceptions that have to do with commodity, you always, always start from supply. I give a few examples. We can go back to them. Amazon, it was inventory. Uber was drivers. Airbnb was hosts. Fiverr was sellers. You need to start with supply. So that's the first aspect. And then you start thinking about liquidity management. You start thinking about the ratio between supply and demand. It differs between the different types of marketplaces, but I would say the diversity of supply is really important and the quality of supplies is really important. And then there's different aspects of different marketplaces. So you look at Amazon and Amazon focuses on beyond the diversity of supply and you know, being the everything store, they are very focused on fulfillment because they understand that this is where you can create a differentiator. And that turned into Amazon Prime and Amazon Now. So the fulfillment portion of it is is extremely important. In other marketplaces, fulfillment is slightly different. I mean, Uber, it's really important that you're not going to wait too long for a driver, right? But then the experience itself of riding should be pleasant. So it's, it's the quality, but they need to reach enough saturation in a market so that the time of of wait is going to be short. So they have to have massive supply at any given moment, but also keep the quality of that supply high enough to retain customers over time. On market bases such as Airbnb, it's slightly different. It's about the experiences. And on Fiverr, it's not just about connecting you to someone. It's about being the platform on top of which you actually perform the transaction, which is really powerful meaning that both our freelancers and the businesses that interact with them don't use any other tools for the transaction. They don't need to care about invoicing or file transfer or video conferencing or NDAs or how to solve payments and so forth. Everything is built into the marketplace itself. So everything is there. It makes your life very, very easy, but it also allows us to track hundreds of different data points about every transaction and analyze and understand and use that data to improve our algorithms so that the next transaction is even better. And that really allows us to maximize the user experience and user satisfaction. By understanding that Fiverr was much more than just a directory of e-commerce quality services and having the data points in place to track and analyze the customer journey, Mika and his team began to uncover insights about the needs of their buyers and sellers that once provided made the platform incredibly sticky. We've learned very interesting things as we were building the marketplace, things that might be slightly counterintuitive, like the fact that when you think about a transaction, a transaction is everything that happens from the moment of order up to the moment of delivery. A lot of it is the experience itself, having a discussion with the service provider. And then there's the delivery. If the experience is not great and the delivery is awesome, 
the customer is not going to be happy, <laughs> right? So you need to care about both the experience and the delivery itself, which has led us to invest a lot in educating and giving our sellers transparency into how their interactions with their customers are being perceived. And that allows us to improve satisfaction significantly. And we're very proud about you know, the levels of satisfaction. And, and we think that this is one of the main reasons why the business is successful. And though most founders stress the importance of moving quickly to iterate on product ideas, Mika also stresses that the opposite is necessary and that patience to truly understand user behavior is one of the greatest skills of any founder. I think that running a, an online marketplace is probably the most interesting thing I've ever got to do. Running a marketplace is like getting into a, a recording studio. If you've been to a recording studio, you know that there's a huge console where you have thousands of, of different buttons or dials that you can turn. And some dials that you turn, you can turn all the way and you can't actually hear any difference. And some you barely touch and they change the entire sound. This is a marketplace. You have thousands of different buttons that you can click on. Some don't do anything and some are doing huge changes which makes it so, so interesting. Every marketplace is slightly different. What I think is pretty challenging, and it doesn't matter how long you, you've had the experience running marketplaces, is the fact that a lot of the changes that you do are not going to reflect the short term, but are going to have long-term ripple effects. Because when you change something in your product, it takes time for the community to adapt to it and find the way they use it. And so sometimes you push something and then you get a, a ripple effect from a completely different direction, but they're very specific. There are probably best practices in running marketplaces, but beyond that, there are so many nuances in each marketplace that require attention. I'm happy to talk with anyone who's serious about marketplaces if they're looking to uh, exchange ideas. I know that when most people make these offers, they're half hoping no one takes them up on it. But Mika seems deadly serious. So I'd encourage you to share your thoughts with him directly. As we spoke about what makes founders and companies successful in the broadest sense, appreciating that Mika knows some of the most successful founders in the world, he had two clear pieces of advice for founders. The second is on culture, which we'll come back to in a minute. And the first is on learning from experiences. And this harks back to his time in the army and how to learn from mistakes. It's pretty obvious that we, we learn more from our mistakes than we learn from things that went well. So spending time retrospecting things that don't work well has proven to be something that shaped me as an entrepreneur, but also as a manager. As a culture on Fiverr, we always say that we're totally okay with people making mistakes. It's okay. Don't be ashamed. On the contrary, you should be proud about sharing your learnings from it. Just don't do the same mistake twice because this is just stupid and reckless. So I think that this is this learning process out of the things that we don't get right is super important. You know, if, if at the beginning, as a very young, inexperienced entrepreneur, you 90 percent of what you do you know, is wrong, over time you reduce it a little bit. So maybe now it's, 
80 or 75, but you still get a lot of things wrong and you should be okay with it. Just move on, move on, learn something. Don't do it again. This is really important. As I just mentioned, Mika believes that a company's culture is a direct contributor to success or failure. And so we talked through what he had learned and what he thinks is important. I think, you know, obsessing about the company's culture is really important. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs are asking, how did you build the unique culture that we have in Fiverr? And the first answer is you build a strong culture by caring about culture. You can't have a strong culture if culture is not important for you. If it is, you spend time thinking about what do you guys stand for? What are the company values? What's the operating system, you know, the principles in which you operate? And as I dug into what underpins Fiverr's culture and operating principles, Mika launched into this really passionate description of what he thinks bonds the Fiverr team and what keeps him going 10 years into his journey. You know, Fiverr is in, in a very, very, very unique position as a company because it is not just a very successful business. It is making a very strong, positive social impact, which is very unique position to be in as a CEO. Because what Fiverr is doing is it's making the world flatter. It gives more opportunities for anyone in the world. It doesn't matter if you live in a metropolitan or a rural area, you have access to millions and tens of millions of businesses that need your talent. And if you're starting a business, you have access to the world's best talent. But it's more than that. It's the fact that, you know, women are making more money than men on Fiverr. It's the fact that nobody cares about the color of your skin or your religion or the fact that you may be disabled. Nobody cares about that. It's all about talent and this is super unique and this is really one of those things that define us as a culture. These are the people that we work for and the team understand that. And, and the way that the, the offices were designed even is that we mostly sit in open spaces and you have a line of sight at the office to something that was done by our community, things that were designed for the office by sellers on Fiverr. So this is a great reminder of who you work for. And I think that this is very strong. But beyond that, it's the way we operate as a business. We exercise things like radical transparency and candor. We talk about things very openly. We encourage people to speak up. We have a structure for the team, but we don't have any of this bullshit of you can't talk to your boss's boss. You can and you should. As investors, we've been privy to the seriousness with which Fiverr takes their culture and team values for a long time. But for founders who want to understand the business impacts of having a strong and constructive culture, Mika had this to say. You know, I think having a very strong culture is instrumental for the things that we want to do, for our resilience, for our ability to take complex challenges and find solutions. When you have a team that is very close, a team that has a lot of respect, a team that doesn't spend time in office politics, but allows or understands the importance of teamwork, a team that understands that no one 
in the team is a black box with input and output. Every person in the company understands the company's mission and they understand how their specific role contributes to achieving the company's goals. You create hyper alignment. When you do that, amazing things happen. You get tremendous amount of innovation that comes from every part of the organization. People speak up. People are connected to what they're doing because you never know who's going to come with the next great idea. We think that this is one of our superpowers. The fact that we have, we have many offices around the world and we have many people with different backgrounds and that brings so much color, so many perspectives into everything we do. Before Fiverr listed on the New York Stock Exchange in 2019, Mika raised over $110 million from the likes of Excel, Bessemer Ventures, and us, Squarepeg. And we spoke at length about his experience fundraising and what he'd learned. And his biggest suggestion for founders is to optimize for alignment above everything else. So I, I had a lot of experience raising money from anything from friends and family to VCs, public investors the entire spectrum. And what I would highly recommend is spending a lot of time with your investors prior to making a deal. Because this is a private company. It's a long relationship that would have highs and lows by definition. When I think about our investors as a private company, all of our investors, without exception, were investors that I spent about a year prior to their investment, just meeting pretty frequent and getting to a point where you don't just talk about the business, you talk about life, you talk about your personal values, you talk about your long-term vision, and you start understanding who is that person and what do they stand for. And you start understanding if you have alignment with these investors. You know, I correlated what we've been doing as a company, building a market base and bringing offline freelancing to the online, I was correlating this to what happened with e-commerce two and a half decades ago with starting to move offline commerce to the online. And I told the investors, it's going to take time. This is not going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. It took companies like Alibaba, eBay, Amazon, more than two decades to bring e-commerce to be double-digit percentage out of commerce, 10%. It took two decades. And I said, you need to be patient. Like, If you don't have it, if you're looking for a quick run, it's going to be the wrong company. It's going to put us in a collision because I know that it's going to take time and I'm looking for partners that understand that, appreciate it, and think that this is a massive opportunity. But this is something that from a one-night stand, from a date, you can't get. You need to create, you need to nurture a relationship. So this is probably the most important tip I can give. Don't rush, do a lot of due diligence on your investors. Understand that the partner within the firm matters tremendously. How much free time they have. There are so many characteristics of a great match, but but beyond anything, your intuition should tell you that this is someone that if you spend 10 years with in board meetings, you're going to be in a, in a good spot. And, and we were very fortunate. I've done many mistakes before Fiverr. 
I think that within Fiverr, I'm, I'm super happy with each and every decision that we've done with our partners. I wouldn't change anything, really. After nine years, Fiverr became an overnight success story when they listed on the New York Stock Exchange in 2019. But in fact, even the IPO was a two-year journey in itself to get ready. And Mika thinks this preparation period was critical for setting up the company, for the often arduous and compliance-heavy experience of running a public company. So the process of taking the company public started about two years before we actually went public. And I think for me, as CEO, what was really important was that we start acting as a, as a public company, even though we're private, to ensure that as a business, we can be a predictable business because predictability in the public market is pretty much everything. And the second thing that was important for me was putting together the team, the management that would allow me as a CEO, but also my senior executives to spend the majority of our time thinking at least three, four quarters ahead and not obsessing about the current quarter. I think that companies that are fighting for every quarter are going to be miserable as public companies because it's, this is all you do. And we felt in the years leading to taking the company public, we felt that we created that predictability and allowed ourselves to really think quarters ahead. So becoming a public company hasn't changed you know, my day-to-day completely. Sure, it added you know, the things that a public company needs to do, like earning calls and roadshows and keeping in touch with our shareholders. But that's fine. I mean, this is, this is something I, I like doing. I think we have a great story to tell. I'm happy to tell it. I think that it keeps us on our game. And beyond that, it hasn't really changed what I do every day. You know, we're, we're a growth company. We prioritize growth. We're aggressive. We are market leaders. We're interested in keeping that position. We think like a nimble, small startup that has a lot to prove. And we're super energized. We feel that the majority of, of upside is ahead of us and not behind us, even though we had a great run for the first decade of the company. And so it's super fun to come to work every day. That's it for this week's conversation with Mika from Fiverr. I want to thank him for his time and also you for yours. Thanks for listening. While I have you, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask for your advice. I have loved learning how to put a podcast together and the feedback we've gotten directly has been really gorgeous. But I wanted to check in with you and invite you to share your thoughts on what you think we could do to improve the impact of our time spent here together. Maybe you want a live Q&A session each week or you think you know a founder with a phenomenal story I should speak to. Maybe you love the music and want to hear more of it. Or maybe you hate the music and you want less. I'm open to all ideas and I want to hear them directly. So if you're game, get in touch. You can find me or the Squarepeg team on Twitter or send me an email at imogen at spc.vc. I'll pop it in the episode description too. Thanks and have a great week. Thanks.